dynamic voices for a diverse church. This is Pass the Mic. Greetings and God bless. Welcome to another episode of Pass the Mic. This is Dr. Jamar Tisby sitting in for Tyler Burns, although it's it's not really a sit-in since I'm usually sitting here. But anyway, yes. Tyler's not with us, but we do have the inimitable, the indefatigable Allie Henny. Okay, yeah. See, <laughs> these introductions keep on getting better. That was some doctorate level word, and I hey, knew what those words meant, which is which is even better. <laughs> I don't have a PhD. I'm not like you, but I I knew those words, so I oh, am my, my, honored my. that you would call me inimitable. I can't say that word. Except for by seeing, wait for it. I am inimitable. I am yes, original. Yeah. So I music can, teaching us yes, vocabulary. Okay, there we go. Yes, but it's yes. hard for me to say it, but well, I can sing it. It's actually good that we're talking about words because, like this. This whole episode is about words. And by way of introduction, uh, on my other podcast, Footnotes, we're doing a, a mini-series called Fighting Racism. And this was actually solicited by our listeners. We asked them, what should be our next series? And they were like, well, we want to hear folks like us who are fighting racism. Mm -hmm. In other words, everyday folks, grassroots okay. folks, frontline folks, not the people mm -hmm. who write the books or do the speaking or mm -hmm. whatever, which I was all for. So mm -hmm. uh, shout out to our executive producer, Bo York, for helping mm -hmm. produce that. Shout out to the Religion News Service who we're partnering with on the project. And so I'm really excited about it. But as we think about fighting racism, mm -hmm. <laughs> There's a lot of different arenas, yes. right? Like, so that was one of the things we did with this mini series is try to get a variety of folks in different areas who are doing different things in education, in politics, in their neighborhood, whatever it might be. One of the things you and I have talked about off mic is racism in publishing. Yes. Specifically Christian publishing. Yes. And I wonder if we can start out by saying when we say racism in publishing, what is, what are we talking about? Are we talking about like publishers calling us the N-word or something? Mm -hmm. I mean, if we talk about just conceptually yes. racism in publishing, how would you describe it? Well, I think that it's that it's multifaceted, right? So there's the layer of some of the disadvantages that I think that authors of color have in the industry just in general. Yeah. Um, it is a very white industry and a very white-centered in industry. And so then as we try to put out our perspectives that are perspectives that are of color that are black in, in our case um, sometimes it can be difficult to convince publishers that they need to publish our stories or that they need to publish mm. our our perspectives our writing our scholarship or whatever so there's kind of that that um, overarching thing um, the good thing I think for people like you and I right now is that racial justice, uh, books, things about that. Those are kind of a hot ticket item that some publishers, they, they at least are amicable to hearing a pitch on, mm -hmm. um, where I think that authors that do fiction, um, that do other types of nonfiction writing, um, that they're, that they're experiencing, they, they don't have like the, 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 the ready and waiting ears, um, the way that we, do, that we seem to right now. So there's, so there's that level that's just sort of like an industry wide type of yes. thing. Um, but then you get into then, 
um, even just like in some of the process. So the the publishers vary wide. The um, the personnel and stuff of the publishing houses are often very white. So then that trigger that trickles down to then you have a white editing team, you have mm-hmm. a white acquisitions team, you have you have people that can be enthusiastic. And in my experience, I had people who were enthusiastic. It wasn't like yeah. oh well we just think that you're that your writing's dreck and blah blah blah, blah and we're questioning this. I actually had a lovely team um, at Baker Publishing who who published I Won't Shut Up, which is which is my first book uh, that will probably be released by the time um, that you hear that. Wonderful team, but they they're white and or and not but like oh they're they're great people but they're white. That's not what I'm saying. <laughs> they're great people. And they're white people. And so there were some gaps in their in their knowledge and understanding and things that I kind of had to help them along with because they just they just didn't know. Mm -hmm. And so I think that we can encounter racism and stuff in that way, just from people who just simply they they, they've never had to think about, oh, this person's using this these types of words that I don't understand, or or this is a subject matter that I'm not familiar with. And and we can encounter stuff there. That's an incredible framing of of it because I want people to understand what we mean. Mm-hmm. I, I just keep emphasizing this point when they hear the R word racism, mm-hmm. they think of this this very overt, explicit, yes. you know, malicious. I don't like black people kind of a mm-hmm. thing. Really, in a lot of cases, it's it's what I'm referring to is white centeredness. Yes, right. That, so that's so very good. we can talk about white centeredness in publishing for all the reasons that you just mentioned. And I'll just add in terms of Christian publishing. Wow. I mean, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you want to talk about white. Uh, I don't know the exact numbers, but I don't think it's an exaggeration to say like over 90% of staff easily in these organizations right are white and very well meaning Mm -hmm. um, wanting to open up, wanting to learn, Mm -hmm. wanting to publish a variety of authors. But sort of trapped by their context. And in particular, a lot of these publishers are geographically smushed together in Mm. Western Michigan. Yes. Not a bastion of racial or ethnic diversity, right? Not at all. So it's not like you can just walk outside the doors and go down to a different neighborhood and just be immersed in all Mm -hmm. of this. And and, and so context in that sense matters a whole bunch. this is your first book publishing experience. What were some of the conversations or some of the mm, ways that you had to sort of walk with and Mm -hmm. help shepherd your uh, team, which again, great people, Mm -hmm. um, had to help them come to some understandings. So for me, this started from day one. So I actually had a literary agent who actually pursued me. So whenever I was, I have maybe somewhat unique story of I wasn't going out and like interviewing agents or whatever. Somebody actually came to me and was like, hey, I would like to represent you. And and I tell this story, I tell this story all the time. Uh, My my agent is wonderful. She's white girl from that area, from the, 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 uh, (laughs) the the Michigan upper Michigan um, region and whatever shout out shout out shout out out. my parents are from western Michigan so I I, yeah yeah I I feel I feel that I feel that Um, but I remember she wanted to have a meeting with me and I was like because I was already thinking about like I need a I need representation but I would like in terms like not black representation just in terms of like representation as a literary representation and so she wanted to have a meeting with me so I was like okay 
great. Okay, white girl, sit down and have and have a meeting with you. I wasn't really expecting very much from this meeting, but she was really enthusiastic. And so I was like, okay, it's not going to hurt to at least meet. So we sat down and I started asking some questions and I was just basically like, you know, I'm a black author. And this particular agent um, was, was wanting to serve authors from like marginalized um, populations. And so I was like, okay, so you know, I'm a black author. The subject matter that I'm going to be writing on is I'm, I'm writing, you know, for and to black people. I want to make sure that the, that my writing style, that the words that I use that whatever, that all of that is, is treated with care, with dignity, with consideration, blah, 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 blah. She completely understood the assignment. And even whenever we were in our initial meeting, she, she was coming to me like you're talking about like the inequities and blah 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 blah, blah. and I'm like oh okay <laughs> okay so like you 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 get it okay that's great and so she so having a great agent and there's been times with when in the process in the in the process of you know, finding a publisher and etc where she's gone to bat for me mm. where she's where she's been aware of certain dynamics and even has been like you know has has dissuaded me away from certain wow. from, from certain things it's like oh you know what that might not be that might not be be a space that you want to be in here's another space that might that might be better That's for you powerful. so 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 starting just at that level of having an agent that was that was a great part because because she's somebody that i that i fully trust her that she is going even though she, i mean she's a white person so she's limited on on being able to always identify racism or to always be able to identify issues but she's mm-hmm. very very receptive when mm-hmm. i pointed out you know this is an this is an issue um can we can we fix this can we whatever so that's just at the at the very basic level. Yes. But then some of the other things that I just that I've encountered is just again, you know, uh public readers or not readers excuse me editors you're not being familiar with because i because i go back and forth between like you know black english and slang and cultural yeah. references and that sort of stuff and then more standard or i guess general <laughs> english or whatever and so i've run into where editors don't understand what i'm saying they don't speak and the so language they don't speak the language yeah. and so they're like I have no idea like what this is this is this an error so so there's been some like having to to be like there have been some points when in my and my editing team because they knew they were so sensitive to stuff there were times I'm like no bro like this is a typo I don't know I don't <laughs> like, like, no, this, like this this is a typo well you trained them this, well this, <laughs> this, 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 this is a typo like I, I need you like, like, like let's let, let's fix this uh, um, but, the, but I you know I got like really great comments of I'm not sure I'm not sure if this was intentional right. if you intended to use this that isn't standard English or if this is a if this is a typo like please it please advise or whatever so they were they were really great but there were some points when I did have to say you know actually it's put your business out on front street and not pour your business out on front street um, uh, there was that, 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 right. That, right. And so the person just didn't know yeah, that d- didn't it. understand and thought that, that it was, a, that it was a typo. And I was like, no, actually don't, don't change that. <laughs> That's a thing. And then there was another, there was another, um, there was a line and this was, this was a humorous one. There's a line in my book where I had said something about, you know, um, all you have to do is stay black and die. And the, my ed- the editor highlighted <laughs> it cut. Yes. and they were, and they were like, I don't understand this. <laughs> I don't, I don't, under, I don't understand what this means. And I'm like, 
I don't know how to do, I don't know how to explain it and to be just like I'm all, that's home cooking I'm also yeah. not like and I just said it was very nice but I was like I don't really know how to convey this and I'm really like not going to tell you like it's like this is where it comes from well not like where it comes from but this is like you can hear it used in context like I sent her I sent her a clip um from Lean on that's Me smart. whenever whenever Morgan Freeman is like all I have to do is stay black <laughs> and die and it's like I sent her the clip so she could so she could hear it yes. like in context but yes. I'm like I'm not gonna explain it to you but here's what it is like my intended audience is going to understand it so there's so there's those elements there are things that are that are funny where i had to shepherd people but then there were some moments where um one of so one of the subtitles of one of the chapters of my book is called barack obama is the antichrist and the and the subtitle is um when white people don't like that you're the head nigga in charge. Mm. And so I real talk right And so and well that is. (laughs) And so like I and so that's the subtitle, head nigga in in charge. And so the editing team came back to me and they're like, well we're not sure that the publisher is gonna let you say that. And I was like, um excuse me like this is absolutely like like we are absolutely going to print this mm. there's like there's there's no if ands there's no if ands or buts about this this is this is the subtitle and there weren't very many times that i did this there were a couple of times where i was just like no no what this is is what this is mm. and like i'm sorry but like i'm not gonna i'm not gonna tone this down um for you all but then, then there were not very many times i had this but in that particular one it was like no 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 no. this this needs to be in here this that was the only well now no, why but, did you make that choice as opposed to like the asterisk 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 kind because of because it's i mean that's how that's how i talk like i mean like that's like that's that's how that's how some of us i know that some black people don't like that word some black people have have issues with that word but it's like for me it's like it took it took the teeth out of it to put mm-hmm. a, to put asterisk like what like i i am a black person using that using that word mm-hmm. i own my blackness so i should not have to censor myself mm-hmm. and i actually have one hard r in word in in the book um because there was a because of a situation it's describing a situation um they didn't say anything about that and they're probably gonna be like oh no but nobody said anything to me about it was weird because wow. nobody said anything anything to me about the hard R that's in exactly. my book but then because but then for whatever reason that one was an issue, and I'm just it like it should no, be the like, reverse it should have I, I thought it was going to be the reverse which was which was fine I mean you know it, it was whatever um, but it was like no like I like I am making this choice as an author to put this I know my options I know that I, that I could censor it I know that I could blah 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 I know I could you know maybe try to even choose like a different subtitle but this is what I want to convey mm-hmm. and, and this and these are my reasons for wanting to convey yeah. it this way because this is this is who I'm talking to and That's like because somebody was like oh you know you could you could make it like the H Nick I'm like okay, yeah people know what H Nick is but not everybody knows what that is like mm-hmm. they say H H N I C not everybody is going to get that right off the way so, right out of the way so this is what let me spell it out like, for this is, you this literally is what, this is what i'm gonna say and this is what like this is literally what it is it's so interesting this is all fascinating to me because my books so far have tended to be not memoirish not mm-hmm. not really self-reflections more mm-hmm. straightforward history or in case of how to fight racism a practical book right so i don't get into uses of vernacular mm-hmm. language really uh, most of my stuff was was basic, like capitalizing the B in black, you oh, know, yeah, like, yeah. And, mm-hmm. and, and, and I have to explain that 
in the book so that people understand, well, why is he capitalizing a color? Well, it's, it's, it's a lot to it, mm-hmm. which I explained in the book. If you want to know more, go check out the footnote in How to Fight Racism. Okay. But mm-hmm. um, so so it was it was those kind of things. What I feel the white centeredness where I feel that is even in choosing which books to publish, right? Mm. So you mentioned before, like, these topics are kind of hot right now. Yeah. And that's true. But I would say they've cooled off even compared to the past few years. Yeah. Right? So so my first book, The Color of Compromise, was published in 2019, which means they were sort of considering it like early 2018 mm-hmm. kind of a thing. And at that point, there was... It felt to me like the internal conversation was, are we going to do this? We're going to do this? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're going to do this? We're, gonna, we're in this? Okay, let's do this. Are, for real? We're going to yeah, do it? Exactly. Like, are, are you sure? Like, you it, sure, was, like it was kind of a, mm-hmm. a statement or, yeah. or, or sort of a big deal mm-hmm. to publish a book, not just by a black author, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's the content, right? Yeah. It's the content that's directly, both, both you and I in our work kind of for directly and forthrightly confront racism yeah we call it what it is we call it out when white people are doing it it's not tiptoeing around anything Mm -hmm. so in that sense because they know where their bread and butter comes from financially Mm -hmm. is from white evangelical readers Mm -hmm. you tick them off too much Mm -hmm. and your business could be going elsewhere very easily Hey family, this is Tyler Burns, host of Pass the Mic, and I am so grateful to each one of you for listening and supporting the work that we do here at The Witness and on this podcast. And I want to encourage you, if you have been blessed by anything we have said, if you have been encouraged, if you've shared the episode, thank you, but you can take your support a step further and you can support us on Patreon.com, Patreon.com slash Pass the Mic for just $1 an episode. That's it. So that's like $4 a month. That's one cup of coffee per month. That's super easy super simple and you can keep this work going we're 10 years in and we want to do another 10 and we need your help patreon.com slash pass the mic we appreciate those of you who are patrons and we appreciate those of you who are going to support so in the there is a Mm-hmm. A risk in disrupting their traditional model, right? Right. But then it comes in. So we had 2020, which is when my book becomes a New York Times bestseller. That's a year and a half after it's out. Yeah. This is this is. There's more black authors on the New York Times bestseller list than ever before. And that is just not the his the history of having that many authors. But but it's not very common for a book to be released for that long and then to start hitting bestsellers yeah. list. Like that's, that's actually a very uncommon uh, thing. So thank y'all. <laughs> yes, <laughs> right. absolutely. Congratulations still. Um, I mean. But that was a moment. Yes. Right. And so mm-hmm. what I think was their business decision, like this is what people have to know fundamentally. It's a business. Publishing is a business. It's a business. Christian publishing is a, a business. business. Amen. They are looking to make money to survive, mm-hmm. to publish the next book. Right. Mm-hmm. And however wonderful you are, however awesome your team mm-hmm. is that you're working with, they are a business. And at the end of the day, they're going to make business decisions. Yes. And, and you know, there's there's a double edged sword. It ain't nothing personal. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes. And me as an author, mm-hmm. I have the power 
to make business decisions. Yes. And it ain't nothing personal. But at the same time, we got to get some things out there, yes. um, some some truths out there. So what I feel now as a black author is the precariousness of my subject matter. Mm-hmm. Yes, it might be kind of in demand now, even yeah. though it's cooled off from the past few years. Mm-hmm. Will it be a priority in the future? Mm. And and that's the key, right? It's always going to be a critical issue because mm-hmm. it just is. Yeah. Racial justice, racism, yeah. fighting white supremacy. The question is, will it be a priority for these yes. overwhelmingly white comprised companies? Mm-hmm. That's what I feel like. Mm, we we only need multiple streams of income because if I'm trying to live off yes. of this, it may not. It, it, it could easily dry up. Yes. You know, you know I, I agree with that. And I think that we have to be honest with ourselves in the respect that, you know, we're, we're writing about a topic that all that even though you it's like a hot topic or whatever, it's not it's not popular. Mm-hmm. And it so it's it's not it's not a popular topic. And I think that there's different um there, there are different intersections there. Like you, I mentioned fiction authors. I mentioned people writing other nonfiction. That's not, that's not racial justice. Um, that's not racial justice oriented, but it's, I think that's something we have to be like kind of just real with ourselves about is that the industry as a whole wants to go after what is going to make them money. Mm-hmm. They're going to, they're, they are going to, at the end of the day, like you said, they're going to make decisions based on business. And I think that as, that as writers, something that we have to be okay with is that we might not always find audience in the mainstream mm-hmm. publishing mm-hmm. realm for our work mm-hmm. or we might not always get the pay um and this and you know we were talking about like a microcosm honestly of we, we're talking about a microcosm honestly of the publishing industry right. um because there, there are people you know who've been shopping fantasy stories who've been doing all of these all of these different kinds of things you know all these different types of books that aren't even like really race or oriented but because it's a black person mm-hmm. creating like a literary world or because it is a black person that's you know writing a christian living book or it's a black person that's that's writing a, a history book or something you know along those lines or you know pop pop culture or whatever that it's automatically racialized mm. and so i think that sometimes People don't just see us as authors. They don't just see us as writers. They don't just see us as artists. They see us as black. Got to put authors. that adjective in front. They yeah. see us as black artists, as black writers. And so they're not even sometimes looking at, I don't think that they're even looking at the strength of our ideas. Mm. And that cuts both ways too, because sometimes there's some stuff that I'm like, how did this book get published? Right. Um, they're just, oh, it's it's black, so we're gonna put it out there. And I'm like, yeah, that's right. Why? I'm like, They'll why? Why did mediocrity. you publish it? They will accept some mediocrity. Will accept some things. It's like this. Y'all never should have put this. Should have put this to paper. Like like this black person's perspective or this you know latino person's perspective or whatever you never should put that put that in print so so that does happen too. Um, but there's but there's a certain there's a certain extent to which we are always going to be black authors and people are always going to give our work sort of this like, Oh, okay. It's, it's the black thing. It's qualified. And so it's like, so, so our work, you're right. It's like, it's like, there's this qualification and like, 
do we have room for that? Do we have room for another black author? Mm -hmm. Publishers will publish the same, uh, what's it called? Like coffee table fiction. I can't remember what it's called, but like there's a term, there's a term that is escaping me in like fiction where it's like, it's the same little kind of feel good novel Mm -hmm. about, you know, a white woman receiving self-actualization from something that happens in, in her life or whatever. They like, like publishers will publish those same types of books over Over and over and over over again. again. Um, but then won't publish black authors because it's like, Oh, well, will the book sell? And it's like, it's like, yeah, we already did that. It's like, it's like, well, will the book, will this book sell? Mm -hmm. And it's like, and, and the industry is just, it's really, to me, what I've seen of it is just really weird anyway, Mm -hmm. in terms of like, um, what, what, publishers want you to do with your book so for those of you who don't know if you have an idea for a book you write like a proposal right and so like that might include sample chapters and includes kind of what you're wanting to do you might do a table of contents or like all this other type of stuff you know there's the acquisition editor right and so we're so we're sort of in this position of where we're having to shop our work to people and and convince and convince people to do to to take in our work and um sometimes like you know the hoops that we have to jump through um for publishers even in that space like i, I there, there are times you know i had publishers who was like here's here's the story for my book or here's the the uh, this story here's the idea for my book and it was like okay cool yeah yeah we love that concept and but we want to change it but like mm-hmm. what if what if you did this with it what if you mm-hmm. did that with it mm-hmm. and sometimes you know it's like okay you know that might that might make the concept might actually make the book better but it's like we have a specific we have a specific market we have a specific way that we're things yes, that we're doing for books yes. right now we want our books to be this specific kind of kind of right. way and it's like okay cool but that like doesn't fit with the idea for my book what they're trying to do is say well how do we sell the most how mm-hmm. do we reach the biggest audience well if your biggest audience is white and mm-hmm. i'm coming to you with topics that resonate with black people mm-hmm. then it is there's going to be an incongruence there yes. and, and the business side says well you're going for a smaller market yes when if we tweak it like this mm-hmm. we could sell more books to a bigger constituency exactly capitalism and it's like but that then takes me further away from the soul of the exactly, book exactly yes that is not prioritizing mm-hmm. white readers white audiences yeah i'm happy for them to read it but it's a fundamentally different book a different tone a different tenor yeah if they're the primary audience exactly versus with black folks are the primary audience and again you know these are great teams they know what they're doing they've done it before they've had successful books all those things mm-hmm. but it's just a different project when you're talking in specific about and to black folks yes i think that you hit the nail on the head with that that sometimes these these white teams they don't have the same vision for our work that we have for our work now to to be fair Sometimes authors have an estimation of their work. It's not, I'm not going to say it's, I'm not going to say it's me. I'm not going to say it's you, but sometimes we can have an estimation of our work and at the level of our work at whatever that isn't, that isn't realistic. 
And so sometimes yeah. a publisher can can help you. Sometimes a publisher, sometimes an agent, sometimes a whatever can, right. can help you to be like, you know what, actually, this isn't a realistic idea. Like like four people are going to read this. Actually, your concept is garbage. Right. And thank um, goodness, because we want to avoid that. <laughs> yes, we want we want to avoid a train wreck. We want to avoid people um, you know, publishing books that are, you know, talking about things in a very embarrassing or cringeworthy or awful or awful way. I mean, there's there's some books even that have come out recently that it's like uh-huh. who pub who uh-huh. greenlit the publishing for this? At what point in the process did nobody say maybe we shouldn't maybe we shouldn't have this analogy in the book? Mm-hmm. That's the whole. But so sometimes you sometimes you need people yes. to to tell you you need 100%. to pump the brake. You need to pump the brakes. So and I'm that's not a good team. Yeah, if that's a good team, they'll tell you you need to you need to pump the brakes on this. But aside from like some of those things that I would think would be glaringly obvious, let's not publish or let or let's not whatever. Sometimes sometimes white institutions they simply don't have the vision for what we are trying to do and then the other thing too is that sometimes is and i don't know if you if you felt this jamar but i have felt this as a writer where i don't just want to write to the things that are happening or write to what people want to read right now i'm also writing to the future mm. and so like you know i think of something i think of a book like the fire next time and the fire next time was actually um one of one of my inspirations um sure. dur- during the process of, of writing my book the fire next time and then also the source by by james baldwin and then also the source of self-regard um by by tony morrison that is um a compilation of some different essays and speeches and writings and stuff that she had those those two books were, were instrumental um, to me in the formation of, of I Won't Shut Up. There, I Won't Shut Up is nothing like either of those books. Um, but those but those books were sort of kind of um, they were they were like, I guess, lodestar, I think is the word that I'm wanting mm-hmm. to use here um, yeah. for mm-hmm. for me in um, wanting to in, in writing and writing these books. And so I think about like the fire next time in particular. I had never heard of the fire next time until probably probably like i don't know 2018 maybe mm. um first time i read about the fire night the, the first time i read the fire next time was in was in 2018 and um that book i mean i'm I, i'm guessing it was probably really popular at its time i actually don't know what it did contemporaneously or not but i think about like how james like our generation um has sort of like discovered james baldwin mm-hmm. i hadn't i hadn't heard of james baldwin ever i mean james baldwin you know passed away in 1987 so i was two years old whenever whenever he passed away um so i just didn't know a whole lot about him didn't know a whole lot of whatever but then he started to come up in racial justice discourse yes. and so then i discovered him mm-hmm. and i think you know some of us have discovered other other authors and other writings william cross is another example mm-hmm. of just in my in during seminary which william cross is a psychologist um I'm, and which is weird that i never came across him because i have a good degree in psychology um <laughs> well, he's black so well he's black <laughs> yes so well of course he, but he's a psychologist yeah. i have a degree in psychology <laughs> never heard of him um which is weird not really 
but it is. But anyway, so like I discovered the work of William Cross while I was in seminary reading a book that my mom gave me. My mom's a speech pathologist. She had given me something about teaching like, you know, um, different cultures or whatever. And I was like, William Cross, wow, racial identity development. I need to read more about this. And so we discover writers sometimes way after their way after their their time. And so I think about as I'm writing, my book, you know, people may or may not read it, but then, you know, what happens if 30 years from now, somebody finds an out of print copy of my book, it's on some bookshelf or whatever, and they pick it up and they and they read it. And then all of a sudden, everybody starts reading I Won't Shut Up 30 years from now. And you know, it does it does nothing today. It does nothing this, you know, in 2023. But then, you know, 30 years from now, all of a sudden it blows up. Which would still be in time for you to get the royalties. Oh, it would. Because I guess I guess like yeah, I guess I don't plan on dying in 30 years, which would be which would be yes. that, that That would be great for me. I should have, I should have said like forty or fifty years. I guess I'm only thirty eight. I don't. I, I plan to live no, the, the 30 longer, years is fine. Get the, longer get than that. But, like, but yeah, I'm gonna get the, I'm gonna get the royal. Yeah, thirty years. I'm gonna get them royalties. But like you know, people discover that writing yeah. and that and that I'm writing for today. But I'm also writing for the future. And they just don't have vision for that. They don't have right. vision for they're us. Like, sometimes. well, this is what's people are talking about right now, mm-hmm. and this is the way they're talking about it right mm-hmm. now. But you're like, okay, that's cool, but. This is a generational work. This yes. is a legacy work, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. The other two areas that I find really interesting, you mentioned this in terms of promoting the book. Mm. So, I mean, for for folks who have yet to, to write a book or, or aren't going to or whatever, there's many life cycles and seasons in the life of a many. book. I mean, there's the conceptual, there's the the proposal, there's the shopping it around, there's inking a deal, there's actually writing the book, there's research while writing or research, research before writing and whatever. Then it goes off to, a, you submit the draft, but then you get at least two different rounds of revisions and edits, uh, if not three. And, and, and it's sort of in that phase, once you've submitted the first rough draft, that, that the sort of publicity and marketing mm-hmm. end really starts to ramp up. Mm-hmm. That, too, is a challenge. Yes. Because the outlets are different. Yes. <laughs> right? If, mm-hmm. if we're publishing a traditional white evangelical book, mm-hmm. you've got your circuit. Mm-hmm. You know which churches, which podcasts, which television programs, radio, whatever it might be, all the ways you get publicity. And these publishing companies mm-hmm. have that down pat. Yes. And can use those mm-hmm. same well-worn trails. Mm-hmm. To reach the same audience. Mm-hmm. But what we're trying to do is broaden that audience mm-hmm. to include some black folk. Yes. That's a different endeavor. So what was your experience with that is as we kind of wrap up here? Yeah, you know, that, that's that been and I'm in this process even right now um, as this is being recorded. My book hasn't been released, but but probably by the time you listen to this, it, it will be. And so with my marketing team, that was that we had some very interesting conversations because because some of the some of the outlets that they were wanting to pitch my pitch me pitch my book pitch whatever too um those were some of their choices were really interesting because again it was that well they they were coming into it from from this kind of well-worn white christian path of 
of promotion and thankfully again my agent she's she's on top of things because there were some things like outlets and stuff that, that i had no ideas like mm-hmm. i like i don't know who these people are sorry to these people <laughs> and so there were a couple of things that my agent was like actually no ali should not be on this person's podcast this person this person this would probably be a hostile audience for her yes. and then they were like oh my goodness yeah you're yeah you're right we that shouldn't have included a few that times and yep. it was like it's like you know actually you know maybe we shouldn't you know the, we're this not saying people, the same thing we're not we're not saying that, <laughs> that that would probably not be a good place so thankfully I have my agent that's again well you have a good agent and then somebody that knows that the particular niche that you're in that mm-hmm. they that they are able to be able be able to be like oh, okay this would be a good fit this wouldn't be a good fit but then also it, with aspects of of who um who i was being pitched to they had no concept of like any black outlet. So like, you know, things like if you, like if I'm thinking just off the top of my head of black people, black, black, you know, publications or whatever, I'm going to think, I'm going to pitch something to BET. Like that's the black entertainment television channel. I'm going to pitch something to Essence. I'm going to pitch something to Ebony. I'm going to pitch something to the Griot. I'm going to pitch something, pitch something to Blavity. I'm going to pitch something to the root, um, black Christian. Oh, Kirk Franklin's got a podcast. Oh, Sarah Jakes Roberts has a podcast. Mm -hmm, Like, mm -hmm. Oh, you know, we out you like, like we're we're (laughs) out here. And and I'm not even saying that like all, all those things that I named that that, there are even like outlets that would, that, you know, would be appropriate, but just saying that at, the very basic that the very basic do your homework what are some out what are some black outlets mm-hmm. that do things black news channel mm-hmm. tv one like those types of things like and that and that news one those those um very basic outlets were missing originally and it wasn't and it wasn't that the team again i don't want to attribute malice to anybody it's just simply they didn't they didn't think and then to the other the other aspect of it too because sometimes black authors and because i'm not the first black author to be published sometimes black authors you know fit they that the, yeah. their their market fits. That's right. That's right. Well, y'all, I'm not gonna get too much into it, but I'm a black Episcopalian, and so my my the my audience, the the people, the 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 things that I hold, the different things, um, is is a different audience than a white evangelical audience. White mm-hmm. evangelicals love my work. It's whatever. Some of them don't, but like, there's a whole different kind of circuit that mm-hmm. I that I need to do. And there's some things that I need to avoid, not because I don't want to have conversations with people, but just because I know, like, you need to go in a hostile environment. We're not. We're not yeah. gonna. We're not yeah. gonna agree. So this is gonna be. This is gonna be awkward for them and for me. Yeah. And so you. And so you know you have to. Um. You. I. And I want to be in black space. I'm not a black person. That I need to be in. In the white space mm. and talk to white people about my book because my book honestly isn't for them like i want them to read it i mean i want them to buy it for sure but my work isn't for them so i want to be in front of the intended target Absolutely, audience right. and you can't get me in front of the intended target audience on from using certain <laughs> outlets and so any anyway so that that can be something that can be um but as we that as we do this work of, of being authors and even trying to promote our own work um that we that we have to be cognizant of and, and sort of walk through and, and navigate and educating once again that educating piece of of helping people fill in gaps where their where their knowledge is well, what I hope happens is that you and I and other black authors who are being published around this time, what we're doing is expanding the field of possibility for other black authors, that mm-hmm. we're 
pushing us a little bit further yeah. in the industry because the industry is the industry so far, right? Mm-hmm. There's there maybe there's going to be some disruption that I hope in 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 different ways, but to the extent possible, as we remain true to our voices, true to our muses, true to our writing, that it makes it a little bit easier, a little bit more navigable for other black authors and other people of color coming along. So if you've got that book idea, hold on to it, grip it tightly, not too tightly that you can't accept feedback, but stay true to your voice. There's Mm -hmm. space for you. There's space for you. Yes. 